You are Locked On Browns, a daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, everybody. We're going to uh, get into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, uh, brought to you tonight by sponsoring, uh, the sponsoring ship, uh, sponsorship of Hotels.com. Uh, you know, don't follow people's vacations and trips and friends and family on social media and get upset and give the hate like where you're a little bit jealous of it. Use Hotels.com for yourself and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, guys, uh, if you didn't get to last night's episode with Kyle Murphy, uh, former All-American at Arizona State, uh, you know, back in the mid to late 90s, uh, I highly suggest you check that out. Um, some great things on Hugh Jackson. Well, maybe not great for Hugh, but some great tidbits on Hugh Jackson, just letting you know that he was always the man He we got to see in Cleveland and was really never any different. Uh, obviously, you know, his playing days, you know, the success they had, obviously playing, you know, alongside with Jake Plummer. And then uh, some really good stuff, you know, talking about, you know, Pat Tillman, you know, a guy that's so adored by so many, but you got to hear the words actually come out from someone who knew him, you know, well, I mean, it seems small to say it, but, you know, went to war with him in the football sense, as Pat obviously went off in what he did. But it was good to hear it. It was great to hear it from somebody who truly knew him and understood that it, you know, it didn't seem weird for a guy like Pat Tillman to do that because Pat was just the guy that do what was best for you, and that's kind of the... So check that out. And obviously we had the one up this week where, uh, you know, Pete gave us the... Big, uh, the biggest uh, three draft what ifs. So you might want to check those out. Uh, another great episode. Uh, you know, obviously we've got some officials now on camp. You know, camp is going to open up on July 25th. 15 open practices. You know, to the public, which is interesting. It's a nice number, but it's also, you know, just for me, Pete. I, I thought it would be a little less. Just thinking, you know, first year head coach, new coaching staff. I know some. Uh, a lot of teams are usually around the 10 mark. But, you know, I guess they decided, you know, you know, keep everybody, you know, at least make it fan-friendly as possible. Look, I mean, which is probably a good idea, I guess, if all this momentum is here right now. You don't want to feel like fans are, you know, you want to give them every opportunity to, to be able to see whatever they can. Um, you know, part of it's marketing. Part of it is I don't think Freddie's afraid. Uh, he just, you know, do, just doesn't. Have it doesn't seem like he's got that in him where he's gonna, you know, he doesn't have that Mike Martz in him. I, I can't imagine a situation where he's like, you know, dressing down the media for giving something away or whatever. Plus, you know, uh, that many more days to watch him do special teams because he's gonna do a whole lot of it. <laughs> um, but this is where we're gonna get to this. Um, and here we go, and we're gonna attack this two ways. First, we're gonna air our grievances again. Because I, I remember Pete explicitly, we did this last year, and I guess we gave a lot of this crap to Hugh last year, and maybe I guess now it was unwarranted. Uh, it definitely, you know, maybe you know, I, I could see John Dorsey backing it, but I could also see it being, you know, some sort of marketing ploy, you know, through the Haslam's. But this earn the stripes phrase and you know thing around it, it is so freaking sophomore in high school trying to make the varsity team it makes me want to freaking gag right it's awful because it doesn't work it doesn't apply there are a number of players who were gonna earn you know quote-unquote earn their stripes without doing anything a few did literally nothing because they were grabbed the day of uh the, the cut down day brought in and and you know were on the team so it's just it's dumb. Uh, you know, it doesn't serve anything. And, 
you know, you walk, you go around to like, you know, seven on seven tournaments and all that. And there are any number of kids with t-shirts with better phrases sitting on the back, you know, right. would be more applicable. It's just, it's just stupid. And it, it's unnecessary because like you could actually do something that's sort of like interesting because, you know, they are better, you know, why, you know, I, I don't know how this serves them, you know, or don't have one, but getting something that literally is nonsense and then seems to be, you know, more of an equipment convenience than actually a, a deliberate practice. Um, it just, it, it doesn't add anything. And, and that's, you know, it's an opportunity to add, you know, added value type proposition. And, and between that and the hard land, which I'm hoping is not back, but probably will be, mm. they feel like the awful dad jokes of... <laughs> Thank you. Brunch training camp, like really, and and you know, I don't, I, 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 it feels the hard land. I I feel like is from the marketing department. I, the earn your stripe things feels like it's a hundred percent Dorsey, and I'm 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 fully prepared to be wrong about that, but it just, it just feels like he'd go for that cheese ball crap. And and look, and not last year, not even maybe even the year before, where you know. You had so many people, and you had no idea how you were going to fill out a freaking 53. Now where it's, you know, I mean, if we really sat down, and we're going to do this before camp, we are going to give you a, you know, a prediction episode of, you know, what it's going to look like, hopefully, from 90 to 53. But, I mean, you're maybe talking five or six guys, you know, one of them being the punter, one of them being the kicker. Uh, I'm pretty sure we know already what full, four of the wide receivers who have earned their stripes. Uh, we know at least, well, you know, I mean, Kareem obviously on that, but we know two to three running backs who have most likely earned their stripes. We're pretty sure who's earned the quarterback stripe. I mean, it's it's so lame, and in this world of hashtags and where everything, and, you, and all these T-shirt companies just in the area, you know, doing Browns things and coming up with clever stuff, and you go with this, you know, and it, it, it it's, you know, it, it's, it, 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 this is where, you know, I guess you can say it's either Haslam or John because, you know, both of them older or whatever. And maybe not, you know, so much more into conventional and, you know, play on words and that type of stuff. It's just, it makes me want to gag. It is just so stinking lame. Uh, you know, like uh, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon coming over. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they earn their stripes. I'm pretty sure it's safe for them. It's, it's just Let's- weak. Bag it. Let's compare it to something they are marketing extremely well and is really successful, which is building the Browns. Like that is a great brand and people recognize it immediately and they know what it is and they know what it's trying to communicate. Like that's the exact opposite. It's great. And obviously the production in that is great. And this just feels like, yeah, we got to do this. Anything better? Ah, we got to get, you know, let's get out of here, beat the traffic type thing. Let's just leave. Like that's the thing is like you have this, other thing where clearly they're great at it and they did a fantastic job and it's really successful and then you get this and it's sort of like you know you're 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 like it's more like those t-shirts for a family vacation uh that all match that they got from the you know the whatever company prints up those shirts like that type of thing where it's just like I get it. I, but the Danielses do Disney. <laughs> yeah, like you, you're supposed. They're they're a family. They're allowed to be a little cheesy. You're a professional organization. Like, let's let's be a little bit better. And your product is hot right now. It's extremely hot. 
and then you come with like you know some Mike Brady, Carol Brady like thing to it where you know. And, and, you know, and honestly, if you want to do it, go talk to the players. You'll get five better concepts in freaking 45 seconds. You know, I mean, dog check is taken off. I, I guarantee you, you know, Odell could say whatever he wanted and it would take off. But go to the players. Have them come up with something. And, yes, building the Browns. How about something with the build, you know, using that term. And we've kind of... Pete has said, and we threw some out on Twitter, um, I don't think the F.U. Jackson, which isn't a bad one altogether. You know, that one applies at any time. Um, you know, Ryan Burns, we always love that one. Enough, show me the W's. I don't want to hear the stories, the excuses. Uh, show me the W's, which we started to see last year. Pete, give me one. What do you got? Something that'd be uh, better. Well, I mean, like, you know, like, you, you avert your eyes no longer, referring to the, you know, the team actually being good. Uh Let's see what else did I put there. Uh, show me the W's was easy enough. Uh, good football played here since 2019. Hopefully, uh, you know anything better. There's another another. Uh, do your fucking job was another one that was popular. That's always uh, nice. Let's see. I know I had a bunch of them sitting here. Yeah, no, but for me, one. I mean, if you wanted to go with the building concept, you know, foundation is laid. Build it. Something simple, short, but just something that at least has some more appeal than, you know, earn your stripes. Because, and the other thing is, I don't think of the helmet. I kind of think of, like, the bangles. And I think of, you know, that's what you think of. I don't think of the helmet. I don't. No, and I think, you know, the the elf's never going to take off. I know they, they've, they've sort of toyed with this. It's never going to be, like, a mainstay. But certainly they've, you know, they've done a lot in terms of really trying to... And this is what makes me nervous, though, about the fact there's going to be a uniform unveiling, you know, in about, I guess, from where we are now, I'd say about 10 months or so. That's what makes me nervous, because if they still think Earn Your Stripes is cool, oh, God, I'm afraid to see what's behind these curtains that some of these guys have gotten to see so far. Right. I mean, they've done so much to adapt you know, the whole dog thing that, you know, that seems like it would have been better or, you know, they could have, you know, I don't love it either, but they could have done something with swagger or something like that, but you know, just anything else. But I, you know, I think dog check would have been great uh, in, in some form. You have something that's sort of genuinely, uh, you know, original to the team and maybe, you know, maybe Chris Kersey smart already, you know, uh, trademark that and is trying to make money off it himself but Chris Kirk, it, you know, he ain't dumb he ain't dumb. Yeah, like that just seems like another you know more original sort of uh you know organic thing that that is coming out like that's what you want out of that you don't want sort of that canned crap uh in this case very generic uh setup yeah, it's you know, and it's just, it's just lame. There's just no other way around it. I mean, be better, do better, and you know, I, I, I'm assuming there's some young people that work in that building, and you know, they could hatch you some really good ideas, and it would literally take them, you know, you know, I could just see John and Jimmy saying, "So if you can get this to us by the end of the week, and you know, these two pinging an email out, you know, these younger people pinging an email out before these guys got back to their desks." It, I don't, it just, I don't know. It, it, it's, just, it's just so 1980s, 1990s high school. It on the, on the, you know, earn your stripes. No, sorry. 
Uh, untuck it. Uh, always appreciate the fact that they will, you know, uh, take the time out, sponsor the shows over here at Locked On Network, especially Locked On Browns. Dads come in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and so should their shirts. Like tall, short, slim, relaxed. Ever wonder why your father's button-ups look so long and baggy at the end of the day? It can be hard for guys to pull off a casual untucked look that isn't sloppy. That's where Untuck It comes in. Untuck It is a solution that fits just right. Their shirts are specifically designed to look great, untucked, and feel comfortable at work, on the weekends, wherever it's going to take you in the world of being a dad. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com. Promo code NFL to get 20% off. Uh, look, it's as always, it's it's the fight man versus machine at bluechew.com. Uh, one Jeff is currently losing. Um, <laughs> Blue Chew is the first chewable with the FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. Uh, you can take it anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And, you know, in the case of earn your stripes, that's about as lame as it gets. Uh, you're going to need some blue chew to get through that one. And I wish, I wish that that ad can't, you know, that that branding had some blue chew because, good God, uh, that's that's about as as boring as flaccid as a brand gets. Uh, yeah, no doubt about it. And to the folks over at Blue Chew, guys, uh, if interested, uh, the promo code uh, yeah, locked on uh, Blue Chew B L U E Chew. If you guys check it out something you're interested in uh always thankful for blue chew for their sponsorship of locked on browns we got some listener questions to get into here and actually first one's from uh giovanni Ravis, and this one I, I i absolutely do like and i can certainly relate to so i'm going to get to this one here first uh i just want to make sure we got it right uh, wait a minute where did you put it Gio? oh man what did you do here Okay, this one was in reference to, obviously, with the way the rain has been lately, and it has been through the charts. Uh, you know, obviously, Pete, you've been around a ton of football games. I have as well. Give a, a shitty weather, a rainy game football moment that you don't forget. <laughs> if you want my honest answer, it's the scene from The Last Boy Scout. <laughs> I mean... I mean <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, I, I mean that's 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 what I, I'm reminded of in the the head coach from the Los Angeles whatever the hell they are uh, stallions it, or whatever it was I think yeah it, in the locker room in the locker room going saying I fucking hate Cleveland before they go out <laughs> uh, so yeah that's honestly what it, what what comes to mind when I when uh, any, any talk of just ridiculous pouring rain uh, I do remember my senior year and um, we were going you know. We there was only really two parochial schools in the area, um, and it was my high school, Red Bank Catholic, and the other was St. John Vianney, which uh, I had mentioned. Uh, Ish Hyman, currently on the Browns roster, Ish Hyman was a graduate of St. John Vianney. Uh, so we're getting in the buses. We're going over for Friday night game. We always appreciated playing there. They had lights. We did not. So, you know, there were schools we always wanted to play at their place. We didn't have lights. It's just the way it worked for us. So we always, whoever had lights, yeah, we wanted to go, we wanted to play on the road there. So we're getting into buses, and it was miserable, and it was freaking nasty, and it was pouring like hell. And, you know, coach comes on, he's sitting, you know, our head coach, you know, I'm sitting right behind him, and I lean forward. And meanwhile, you know, now my head coach smoked incessantly. 
Uh, he was my junior algebra teacher. He would just leave midway through the class, just go burn a couple of cigarettes. So a big old freaking camel hanging out of his mouth, lit. Yeah, it was 1990, 91, whatever. And uh, my coach, are we really going to play this game? And, you know, he lo- turned around. And he was, you know, he would always talk real, had a serious side to him. And, Jeffrey, I'll be honest with you. I got no clue. The only person in my life who ever called me Jeffrey, and I didn't want to run, so I never asked him to stop calling me Jeffrey, so I didn't want to have to run for asking this guy to just not call me Jeffrey. Jeffrey, I'll be honest with you. I got no idea, but if we're going to play in this, this looks like nonsense because everything was nonsense. So we pull up, and, you know, every you know every town back in the day, you had the local cable company. We were the game of the week this week. We come rolling in to St. John Vianney, and it was TV34. That was a local cable company. The T the TV thirty four trucks are now pulling out of St. John Vianney. I'm like, well, this isn't good. So we get out, we get out and start loosening up or whatever. The rain started to subside somewhat, and we're starting to play the game. Now we're going through drills and you know trying to catch passes. The ball freaking soaked. So you know me and a quarterback, I'm yelling. I'm like, dude, you can't gun this thing, dude. It's impossible to catch it. We're going through the ball bag, and if you guys remember the old. Gym footballs, Pete. You remember the Voits? They were like freaking plastic. And uh, I was like, dude, take this out. See if the ref will just use it. We go out there. The ref okayed the ball. Uh, you know, the quarterback with Rocky Fliz, he went He went 9 of 9. We put in a play because we had the staple of our offense was 37 toss, which, you know, there was a lot of weeks it didn't work because everybody knew it was coming. But uh, – we had a coach, and now that the rival high school was in a town where one of our assistant coaches was a cop, so you know he would pull up and you know, pretend he was just doing his duty. Meanwhile, he was watching practice, and he saw that they were just keying on the toss every practice they ran. So they actually put something together where you know quarterback literally faked the toss, kind of just buried it into his thigh. Everybody ran with the toss, and then he would run up the middle. But uh, you know we ended up beating the living daylights out of him. We played with this cheap crap store Voight football that was plastic but the thing was is you could literally take it with a towel you know and the center would go down with his towel and he was able to dry it off like you know the leather would get wet instantaneously once it was wet it was wet the plastic you could at least get the laces and it worked we rolled on through I think it was 27 nothing was the final score but that was one I remembered but no playing in the elements as I've said guys I was a wide receiver I played defensive back playing the elements sucked there was no fun about it and you all the big old linemen, oh, this is great. Yeah, this fucking sucks, dude. I got mud in parts of my body that it shouldn't be. But, uh, Gio, thanks for that question because it did bring up that memory. Uh, let's see what else we got here. This is actually a good one here. Obviously, you know, uh, NBA draft here this evening. Um, guys, uh, hope it works out for you, all you Cavalier folks. Uh, it seems, you know, it seems everybody's all over the place. Uh, but, look, you know, just kind of think about it as the Browns here. You, you add some Add some pieces. Add some guys who can bring something to it. Uh, Sam Penix. If you could draft one NBA draft prospect, I, he says aside from Zion, because I guess Zion seems to be the key one here. Uh, and where would he play? I'm going to throw this to you, Pete. Uh, I'm not following enough. I can give you an idea of one, but go ahead, Pete. Uh, outside of Zion, I can name about two guys, and I don't think either of them has any chance in the NFL. And that's like John Morant and... Yes. Uh, that Cam Reddish guy, I guess he could play receiver. He's really tall, has pretty broad shoulders. I mean, that's about as far as I can go with this, the NBA draft. Um, I I'll go with this. Uh, John Morant, obviously, you know, if you wanted to bring the Baltimore Ravens offense, 
maybe that's something he could handle. Uh, but you know, and uh, you know, I, Lamar's pretty slim. He's pretty slim. Uh, looks like he gets up and down the floor pretty well. So uh, you know, there's you know, there's our thoughts on that. Um, again, guys, you're putting us in a situation we're not going to be able to give you the best answers on that one. Um, we I know we've done this before, but our buddy Stephen Thomas. Any offensive lineman around the league that may be available at the end of the camp, at the trade deadline, that may interest John Dorsey. I know, Pete, if you got to bring it up, and we've talked about this, but I think this is why they went so in-depth and why there's already more in-house, where if they can't find anything else, at least they think they have enough contenders. Yeah, there you don't find answers on the offensive line uh, often outside of your organization you get very lucky uh if you can get have somebody come in you know a couple years ago they had uh uh jonathan cooper come in and played really well for like the first game and then he was okay the second game and then he got shittier the third game and he was cut um it's really difficult you know usually the guys who are the most successful occasionally you get a center to do okay uh purely because you know teams Teams may not be able to carry enough of them, uh, but like the the guys that do reasonably well are super old tackles that come in and come and play for a couple weeks, or just haven't signed because they don't want to play for some garbage team, and then step in for a playoff team that needs help. Uh, but yeah, I, there's there's nothing there to me. I think in, in in the event of a catastrophic injury, they can try as as hard as they want, but their their answers are going to either be on the roster or they don't have them. Yeah, exactly. It's either going to be that, you know, not enough was done. And look, if you didn't have a first round pick, you know, then you're just chasing things. Uh, so, you know, you know, you hope Greg at least gives you what Greg was last year. Um, obviously, you know, we're going to find out, uh, you know, about Mr. Corbett. Um, and if that's the case, then you appear to have a starting five. You got some emergency chips and obviously uh, Cush and... My God, now I'm blanking on his name. Obviously brought in from the Houston Texans. And then you've got your building blocks. And, go ahead. You said Kendall. Are you talking, referring to yeah, Kendall, Kendall Lamb? Lamb? Yes, Kendall Lamb. Which Could end up being the right tackle. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's well, That's really going to be interesting is, is, you know, they had, because everybody's like, you know, focusing on uh, the right guard thing. But Kendall Lamb, at least in minicamp, was playing, I think, exclusively backup left tackle. And, you know, that's, again, without pads. So that may have been a fact-finding mission more than anything else. So it'll be interesting to see if he does get the opportunity to compete for that right tackle starting job when they actually do put pads on. I would assume he will, but uh, that that is something I'm definitely looking out for. Uh, yeah, and you know, because we had talked about this from the first, and you know, everybody when he was first mentioned, you know, and then they brought him in, obviously, and signed him for the contract. When you went to PFF grades and such, and it was you know him and Chris Hubbard, it was it was kind of a wash, <laughs> and nobody's going to talk about Houston's offensive line last year, but of what was a good part of it, it was Kendall Lamb, and then obviously, you know, with uh, obviously with Drew Forbes, and then, uh, oh my god, say it again, Pete, Finney Anganafo, with the two of them, obviously maybe you have some developmental pieces that could fit with obviously what you're hoping this offensive line coach can do. Um, unless there's a surprise cut, or a surprise guy comes available, wink, wink, Trent Williams, who knows if that's actually feasible or that's going to happen, but that's something you should, you know, th- that's something that would change or alter things in that realm. Um, all right, well, 
All right. Before we get to this question, and this is from Russell, who's been a Russell. I mean, he's been a pain in the butt on a couple of things, but whatever. And this is one thing I want to say, guys. Look, if you want to come at me and Pete for takes, that's fine. But the other thing is, I don't want to see things go on 60, 60 tweets deep into a thread where you're just shredding people because of their opinion. Like, guys, I'll block and move on. I, I just don't have the time for it. And you know, look, no, like I've said all the time. If you're not going to change your opinion, what makes you think the other person is going to change your opinion? And this is not the time. This is, you know, you disagree, move on, because you can find plenty of people who want to talk about the Browns who you may have positive or similar thoughts to, and that's where the product is at right now. But some of the stuff today, and, you know, I asked somebody to knock it off a couple of times. He went on and on and then started shredding somebody over religious beliefs or whatever. That's a block. I just ain't got time for this nonsense. I, I, I just don't. Um... But Russ, you are a good Joe about it, so I will. I lo- and I do like the question, Pete. Uh, you're going to play the role of John Dorsey, Joe Schobert, and his camp around the line. What's the deal? W- what makes it work where it's feasible? And Joe and his lovely wife—they don't have. They're not packing their bags. They're sticking around for three, four more years. Uh, I don't know what his number is. I'm. G- I will go higher than most people will. On we know that. Uh, like, I'm not afraid to pay upwards of, you know, structuring it appropriately, but I'm not afraid to, you know, be flirting with about $14 million a year uh, just because he is that valuable and he is that good. Now, I'm hoping that if the Browns are smart and they and they can, you know, do it during the season, that they can get it down to like 10, 11, 12. But... He uh, literally. He, he puts up another hundred tackle season. You're screwed. Well, I mean, it, it, well, I mean, you're know, not screwed, but those numbers, yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's through the roof. Yeah, that's why I'm hoping they just get it done uh, and extend him. So I mean, he'll have this last year and then can go into it. But I, I don't know if the Browns are willing to do that. As they, I'm not sure they're willing to do that with a few guys. But that that's absolutely what I would try to do is try to, you know. That year, that little bit of security, you know, selling him that he's part of this and and uh, you know that he wants to continue to be a part of this and and try to you know give yourself some wiggle room uh, to continue building. But you know, this idea that look, the Browns have to make choices. They are not in a position where they can't afford to pay Joe Schobert. Uh, there are other guys that make uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of you know. $10 million or $8 million or whatever that are not nearly as good as he is at his job or respect to his position. The Browns don't have a ton of guys who are, you know, top 15 in the league, but he is one of them. And, you know, this is why, you know, I don't want to pay guys like Greg Robinson, you know, it's because he's relatively average. Uh, I, I want to pay the good players. So, to me, Joe Schobert is a good player. J.C. Trader is a good player. I don't want to reach for need and just throw out money on those. I want to be able to be in a position where I can sort of maneuver around, sign the talent, and add pieces to you know fix it. So you know the Browns are in a real position where they may have to replace both tackles. That, to me, is not the end of the world. I think it can be done. Uh, I'd rather sign the center and not have to replace three guys or let the center walk and sign Greg Robinson to an extension that he's not worth. And we find ourselves in the same situation we are with some of these other guys where you're sitting here going, man, this contract sucks. When can we get out of it? 
you know, I, I don't think you're going to run into that with Schobert. I think, well, some will because they think he's terrible for some yes. reason. Uh, but he's a really, really good football player and is perfect for what the NFL has become and what the Browns have become in terms of their offensive capability and the fact that he can help them as as a closer. You run into a situation where, you know, the opponent's down six points, is driving to win, and they have to pass the ball against a unit that includes Joe Schobert and Denzel Ward as part of your coverage unit. And there are other guys there that certainly make them go- those them good. But those are the two premium pieces in that respect in terms of coverage. And having a linebacker who's that good at it is a huge advantage. And then you have all those defensive linemen who can rush the passer. And again, if you want a great example of this, go watch the Jets game. Joe Schobert straight closes that game out and absolutely kills Sam Darnold, gets the interception, almost had two, and his ability to make plays in the football is really dangerous. And I think when you add in more pass rush help and you you have more help in front of him to help play the run, I think he's in for a career year. And he's already made a Pro Bowl, and whether you think he actually deserved that one or not, I don't really care, but I do think he, he has a career year. You know, he will get some more postseason uh, type accolades, whether that's Pro Bowl, All Pro, or PFF, or whatever uh, framework you want to come up with. But his best year to date was really good. That was 2017. 2018 was really good, despite the hamstring. Uh, 2019, if that's a career and better than both, you know that's the guy you want to keep in. That's the guy you want to invest in. Especially with Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, who seems to be a guy who really, really likes his linebackers. And we've talked about this, sets it up very well for Joe. And even some of you fans, well, I'd rather say, you know, sign Demarius Randall. Okay, your free safety. What's the most important role that he's asked to do? It's how he can cover. Joe Schobert's coverage grade was 87.7. Demarius Randall's was 70. It seems like you guys want to give Demarius Randall 25 to 30 million guaranteed because he intercepted a ball and handed it to Hugh Jackson. It's like, yeah, it was a cool moment, and it was kind of like a F you and, you know, screw you. We know you were holding us back. But, you know, Demarius has been here for a year. You know, Joe was a guy who grew with this in 2017. They basically said, look, we need a middle linebacker. Uh, can you give it a shot for us, kid? And Joe, who was a safety in high school, was primarily a pass-rushing linebacker at Wisconsin, all right, you know, whatever, whatever the team needs. And just has grown into the position. He's intelligent. He busts his butt in everything he does as far as preparing himself, whether it's you know, watching film, lifting weights, everything. I mean, for God's sakes, the guy takes his wife on dates to American Ninja Warrior freaking type joints. It works out. It is on date night with his wife. For God's sakes, this is these are the guys you want. And we talk about nuts and bolts guys. You have guys like Miles, who is just an absolute freak athlete and can do things. But Joe is a straight nuts and bolts guy. You know what you got. You know what he's going to do. And and again, we harp on this all the time. If you're supposed to be a winning team you're going to be playing a ton, a ton of coverage. You've done a great job in giving yourself multiple guys to rush the passer where you can take some off the field and actually give them a break. But you need that, you just need that core and that quarterback of the defense, and that is what Joe brings you. And I don't even know, and you know, I'm just saying on spec here, I don't know, like I don't, this is one thing I have in search is actually who represents Joe and who his agency is. I don't know if I see Joe being such a, I'm going to the highest spinner. 
like a Quan Alexander. I don't know if I, just talking with Joe and you know talking with his wife, they don't seem like those type of people. I think Joe wants to be a guy who's spoken about as a guy who played linebacker for the Cleveland Browns and made them a relevant franchise. I think they're more of the whatever money it is, it's going to be good enough. That's what the feeling I get, you know. In the in the talks I've had with Joe and you know his way, I think they're okay with the money. I don't think it's going to be a break the bank type thing. If I'm wrong on that, whatever, it's possible. It certainly would be the first time I'm wrong. But and it just it kills me when this guy gives at everything for this franchise and you know all oh, well, the missed tackles, missed tackles. Yeah. Like you guys were all freaking high school all Americans and you turned down Ohio State. That's the stuff that just freaking aggravates the freaking daylights out of me. Well, this is one of those things where. You never know what is important to each player, and it's always different. Uh, clearly, you know, Demarius Randall wants to get paid, and there's no shame in that. There's nothing to be, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But that is seems to be his priority. Uh, people are speculating, but no one really knows what is the motivated, you know, the primary driver for Schobert at this point. It could be money. It could be, you know, comfort and fit and, you know, that, that, you know, a couple million dollars, let, let, let's say two, you know, I, you know, I think there comes a point where it's, you know, you're turning down too much money to go. But the two million dollars a year or a couple million dollars uh, isn't, you know, isn't going to be better than feeling comfortable, or, you know, being happy where he feels like he is. And if he's happy in Cleveland in that regard, it becomes easier to want to move. I, I think, you know, in general, people underestimate how. Uh, much people and certain a lot of players like the idea or or just have grown to what they believe is their home uh, their or professional home anyway and don't look at it as uh, I'm going to go wherever I can to get this this and this it's so much as I hope the team that picked me the team you know that got me wants to do this this and this and you know I'm inclined to think Joe is in the latter but. It's hard to say, so we'll see. But I, I, I've had people speculating, well, he's going to want, you know, umpteen million dollars, and that's based on nothing because, as far as I know, uh, there, you know, I haven't seen any reports of this. They haven't even talked to him about it yet, or if they have, they have definitely, definitely been kept quiet. So it's interesting to to, to see where that goes. But again, I'm hoping they get some of these deals done, you know, another month before training camp i'd love to see that get done some of those things get done uh you know during the season if they need to uh but just try to iron out some of those things if nothing else i mean you may save yourself some money but it'd be nice to you know and this is more of a convenience thing for for us as fans and and onlookers is to know where this team's really going and to make it less of a guessing game on what's what this team's going to look like in 2020 and for me, it's part of, look, I mean, Christian Kirksey, you know, his money could lead to him being gone unless he makes a massive restructure. It's a couple of rookies, some sort of, you know, moved around free agents. At least give me the one constant you've had over the last two years. And guys, look, uh, you know, I, I you know, we, we talk with the guys over at OBR. We talk with Jared. We talk with Lane. I understand, and I, I don't care. Yes. Pete and I value Joe maybe more than any of you fans do, and maybe even some more from what I hear a little bit from the guys at the OBR than the front office does. It doesn't. It's not going to change us. It's certainly not going to be the first time we 
have gone a different way than whatever regime was in charge with Cleveland. Joe Schobert is a really, really good football player. And the other thing is, is there's zero headaches with him, and he's completely committed. Those are the guys I like playing for me on my team. Grip six. Uh, their goal is literally to make the best belt that ever been made. Um, it's an easy, thoughtful gift for da- you know, for males or females. They also have a women's line now, so check that out. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with the buckle buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip six again is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. Grip six is a special offer for you all at gripsix.com/lock l o c k e. We thank them for their sponsorship of Locked On Browns. Pete, camp's coming sooner than people realize. Because obviously, you know, with anybody, you know, with your parents or whatever, you know, summertime, you got more opportunities and things to do. It's not like the winter where you're just waiting around and, you know, you can't do anything. For you, Pete, what is the most anticipated thing that just now give me one thing that you were looking forward to once camp gets rolling? What is the one thing you want to hear about? Oh, the one thing I want to hear about. Well, I mean, the natural thing is I want to hear great things about the backup defensive tackle position that I have not not expected this to this point uh, because uh, I am worried about it. Uh, you know, if, if, from a more positive standpoint, I'm really – to me, one of the things I'm most excited about when they have pads on is, is the young offensive linemen. Uh, I – you know, I'm really excited to see the competition at right guard – uh, you know, I'm interested in both Austin Corbett, and Kyle Kalis, and, and and that stuff. But I'm certainly interested to watch Drew Forbes and, and Brian Finney and Ganofo uh, develop because I, I do believe those guys have a ton of potential, and I do believe in the coaching staff that they have here and that stuff. So if you're asking, like, so much of this team is, like, pretty reasonably established. There's a few real position battles. And the offensive line is one of the things that's really interesting, in part because – if there's a real likelihood, and there, I think there is, that they may move on. You know, I, I do not believe Greg Robinson will be back. I do not see how that happens. No. Um, and then Chris Hubbard's contract is obnoxious, and I think he's pretty mediocre. I, you know, he's an average at best player, which is the same as Greg Robinson. If, you know, a guy like Drew Forbes or a guy like Finian Ganofo or a guy like Kendall Lamb or – you know, any of these guys really starts to shine, then you potentially have one of those tackle positions locked down uh, that could really, you know, make it easier that you're only filling one position. Or the other part of that that makes it, I guess, really interesting to me is the idea that, you know, if you listen to the presser, to, uh, the most recent press availability you saw from Drew Forbes, uh, he really likes playing guard and and i understand why he's saying all these things uh eerie how much he sounds like joel batonio did when he came out and and (laughs) but he really thought he really likes the how fast it is to contact and when you're as strong and as athletic athletic as he is the best thing that could possibly happen is you get hands on right now and if you watch his you know college shape he looks like freaking orlando pace throwing dudes around so that's always going to be you know, to his advantage, uh, as opposed to the cat and mouse game of when do you engage, when is the guy going to attack you type thing that can be on that edge 
in terms of being an edge pass protector. And, you know, he, 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 he quickly concedes that a lot of it is just because he's been at guard more. So he feels a little bit more comfort there. So if, you know, let's say he ends up being a really, really promising guard and, you know, he's a year away. If he's really good and, and, and he's a guy that could potentially come in and, and be great at that left guard spot, then we're back to the conversation of will Joe Batonio then finally kick out and, and really be the left tackle. And that may be what they have in mind as, as a really easy sort of transition to make sure that they, you know, they aren't necessarily betting on uh, a rookie to come in and protect that blind side. Now, again, the interior is more important uh, largely than, than the, than the tackles are for Baker Mayfield, yes. but that's, and they don't matter. And if you're really confident in one of those guys who comes up and develops, or you, you know, it, you know everybody talks about Kalis. Let's say you know you get into a situation where Kalis and and Corbett are great at, at the two guard spots, and then a year down goes by, and you're saying, okay, let's you know we've got these two guard, we've got all these guards we really really like, but we don't have the tackle. Well, who's the natural guy to kick out there? It's Joe Batonio. So that conversation could be back. So in terms of camp stuff. You know, uh, there are lots of things that are going to be a lot of fun. You know, the competition between the receivers and corners, which I'm sure is what you're going to focus on, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be great. But I am really excited to watch these offensive linemen. And the other part of that is because the Browns, at least on the edges, uh, you know, they, they have really good frontline defensive tackles, but they've got really good depth on the edges that the competition for those, you know, the second team and third team tackles, whoever they put out there, is going to be really good. And that, you know, if Finian Ganofo is out there or Drew Forbes is out there and he can do it against Alexa Gennard Avery or those opportunities that arise or Zettle or, you know, when they're done beating the hell out of Chad Thomas, that, you know, that they, they show you they can do it, that's going to make you feel really good going into that next year. Uh, yeah, obviously, and for me, it's going to be this. It, it, obviously, it's going to be all the skill because I think there's going to be such a. And I keep going back to this: is oh, that's what you did. All right, now it's my number, and it's, in it, it, you know, it, it, it's just watching what your competition is doing. And first things first, you know, Odell is just going to be Odell, and you have Richard, who obviously is grown leaps and bounds and Antonio Callaway who's kind of be like the little brother of the crew and like wow I had some really good moments last night and even Jarvis look I mean you know in his role Jarvis can do some things and then there's just watching David who would not even be I don't even think he's gonna be 23 when camp starts and all the success he's had and just the natural freak athlete he has he is I'm sorry and where Baker just can learns like what is right all right if you're running this route this is where you like the ball which you just saw as the season went on last year and as David progressed it was because Baker understood him and all right I'm not going to put a ball below your belt it's you don't like it there it doesn't work out well and you catch the ball better when it's you know closer and you I mean close above the belt and where your eyesight is better and lined up and and I think a lot of it's just going to see you know is Baker a really good quarterback in the NFL or is Baker Mayfield going to be one of the great ones in the NFL? Because you're going to be able to know probably you know as early as this year because he's got everything for him. He's got running backs behind him. He's got wide receivers. He's got tight ends. As long as the defense can do their job, and by do their job I say keep your opponents under an average of 17 
at worst, you keep them under 17, this team's going to win 11 to 12 ball games because that is the potential and the firework. Go ahead. If they hold them under 17, this team is going to go like 15 and one. Yep. And I, I, I think that's capable. No. 17 is a really good defense now. Uh, if they Maybe can get I'm them, off on the number. All right. Yeah, I, I think if I think if you can get them, like but I'm, I also I'm also like factoring in twice that Cincinnati might not score, but that's just me because you know the Bengals are good, but they really really suck as they've averaged six point three wins over the last three years. But apparently, there's a bunch of freaking excuses why they haven't won anything for three years. Right. Uh, you know the. The, that, but that's the thing is like I, you know being great at defense is changing what that really means and and, and you that's know true. that's but I, you know I think if, if if the Browns can get like defense to hold them at like twenty three points I think is really really good now seventeen would be you know that's that's the shit man that's the, you know if the if the Browns can't score twenty. Uh, every game, you know, they don't deserve it. Uh, yeah, if they if, if pack this shit up and go home, exactly. Right. Like there are some teams that the Browns could legitimately, you know, really shut down. But I don't even know, you know, shutouts even now are so rare. Uh, it, it really does feel like if you can hold a team to ten, you've absolutely broken their will. Uh, just the way the game has changed. So yeah, I mean, if it, seventeen would be crazy good. So I'm all for it. All right. So we'll see. Maybe a uh, inadvertent hot take. Um, we're gonna put a bow on this. Um, obviously, uh, everybody enjoy the NBA draft. Hope it works out. Uh, the way it's work, uh, you know, and, and it seems as we've already had. Uh, you know, I mean, like the first five league whatsoever. Um, if you're watching, do not follow uh, Adrian Wojnarowski as apparently he's gonna drop him. So it might be a good time to mute that account for the evening. Who cares, guys? Whatever. Who cares where the uh, picks actually come from? Um, Pete. Browns, maybe what's in the hopper? Oh, that's, uh, I, I mean, right now there's a ton of stuff up. Uh, I, I chopped up a bunch of clips about uh, from various press availabilities, the, those young guys. Uh, one thing from uh, Greedy Williams is pretty uh, touching, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, the bittersweet uh, day that he had signing his rookie deal and, and then his grandmother who had been sick. Uh, being a huge part of his life, passed away that evening. Uh, and, you know, even with the interview, I don't, you know, there's what I don't know. Uh, Nate Ulrich's the one asking the questions, and I don't know if he knew this ahead of time. It seemed like he got caught by surprise. Um, I don't know if there was some, you know, that's one of those where, you know, some sometimes that's one of those where it's like tipped that, you know, this is something to talk about or something. But, it seemed like everybody got caught by surprise and you get this like mix of emotion between Greedy Williams, you know, almost losing it at one point and then at the same time being really proud of his grandmother and everything and, and how much of a part of his life she was and all this stuff. So, uh, you know, that's a it's a great moment from him. I, I think that a lot of the pressure is really interesting. Uh, you got to you got to deal with his accent a little bit. Uh, but he's really smart in some of the ways he sort of breaks down things, or at least so I thought. Uh, you know, I, I wish the media was better at asking the linebackers questions because I felt like both of those things fell flat. But, yeah, there's some good stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Pete also talked about where it's, you know, the ex-girlfriend, Josh Gordon. Guys, oh, you don't want to be caught up in that life anymore. Much better. Life is so much better without Josh Gordon. Like, 
Look, again, I, I can't stress this enough. I hope for his sake everything works out for him. But I don't care if he goes for 1,500 yards and 10 touchdowns next year. I don't. It is so much less stressful to sit there in the prison of his status every day and 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 people talking themselves into his, you know, 25th chance that this is going to be the one that works and just and the Patriots are just so much better at this particular aspect of it whereas like for them he can be a legit bonus to what they're doing whereas the Browns it, it, he just had to be the center of attention that's part of being so bad and part of the reason it, it's easier to move on is that the Browns have so many th- good things going on that you don't about it but this only came up because you know it's tis the season for him you know working out uh, on video and looking great in, in terms of that stuff and and, and you seeing patriots fans go through the, some of those same motions that bronze fans had to go into and it's not you know and i say it's not a schadenfreude thing as so much of it's just uh reassurance of how good it feels not to be messing around with that yeah, it's, you know, I mean, you know, I remember talking about guys like Josh Gordon with Dan Orlovsky and Dan saying, you know, it's it's like the hot chick who took your money, cheated on you with your boys, and it's just, it's something you eventually have to move on for, from, move on from. And New England, the one thing New England can do is say, all right, that's fine. We'll completely 180 our offensive philosophy this week, and we'll move on from you, because, you know, Bill can do that. And I do feel good about this because I kind of started this last August. And it was, this is enough of Josh Gordon. Because you want to know what? Josh Gordon was no longer the most talented Cleveland Brown. So you didn't have to do this anymore. And, you know, they obviously the whole night, you know, when it went down that Saturday, you went down into Orleans, you played your ass off. You probably should have won that game. If somebody had maybe known the kicker was injured, maybe you would have won that game. Um, but you saw that this product was more and was building to more than just Josh Gordon. And look, and I don't know if he'll ever be able to manage his life of being a football player and everything else that's off the field. I, I, I think the stress of football is probably too much and will always lead him back to his bad habits. But again, yeah, you, you wish the best for him. You hope the guy lives to 60, 70 years old. No doubt about it. But I, I don't know how he can find the correct balance of being a pro athlete and leaving all of that in the past when it's you're talking eight, nine times, whatever. And just because it's New England doesn't mean he's going to get any free pa- free passes through the league system as it is. Um, Pete's work over at Browns Maven. Check it out there. Make sure you're following at Browns Maven. Um, everything at Browns, uh, at, uh, everything brownsmaven.com. At underscore Pete Smith. Uh, I make sure you're following over there. Obviously, you know Pete. I appreciate everything he does here, and obviously busting his butt with all the, you know, the, the content and everything he's throwing out over there. Uh, me personally, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. As always, we always keep it a follow back account. Um, so appreciate that. It makes it easier for folks who, you know, are a little Twitter shy, which I completely understand. So you know, send anything over one uh, one over there through DM, unless you are, you know, like a porn person who does like live webcams i don't need those dms over there so that was a nice treat today so apparently we're getting those over there at lockdown browns now so that was interesting pete if you need something to do i'll, I'll send you a jasmine jasmine's uh details and go ahead check that out for yourself if you need to i don't get those. you don't get the bots i, I i'm thinking this may have been a request type situation or yeah, good try. 
diddling around on on websites you're not supposed to, and, and this is the result. Through the Lockdown Browns account, which does not show tweets that show the F word or the S word, yes. By all means, yes, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, but as far as that stuff. Um, I do want to uh, just say one thing here as I close. Um, as everybody knows, as you guys, you know, you sit with Pete and I every day. This has been for me, my wife, and the kids. This has been the most difficult life as a year as a family we've ever had. Um, my daughter comes in. You know, it comes in today. You know, highest of honors again for another quarter. It's it makes me feel good because first she's in a new school, um, dealing with so many different things now with kids she doesn't know and you know highs and lows of all that and me losing my brother you know uh, you know my mother-in-law getting diagnosed with cancer, and to see her just continually day in day out put the axe to the grind and just get done what needs to be done, it's crazy. So Avery, thank you so much, and it's crazy to say when you're oldest child is 12 and a half she's kind of become the rock of the family and every thank you for that because it's appreciated and not that you weren't kind of the rock of the family three four years ago but you know set the standard get up every day do what you got to do you know nobody's gonna give you the the woohoo poohoo party you've got to do what's got to be done and it's no different whether you're 12 and a half whether you're 22 whether you're 32 42 45 whatever you got to get up every day and do what's you know what you've signed up to do or what you're required to do. So it's awesome to see her at this age just understand that and and just go through it. Just proud dad moment, obviously, for both of them here the last couple of days and the last week or so, what's going on. So always good. You know, being dad's cool. It is. It's being a cool. Uh, one of the better jobs I've ever had by far. Love every second of it. Um, we got another player interview in the works here. Should be coming down here in the next day or so which uh, you know, Pete and I are definitely going to enjoy. But I do want to uh, thank everybody for the support of the show. Um, as always, you know, you guys are fantastic. This wouldn't be going on without you. And look, as far as, you know, we're going to put out when we feel we can put out some really good shows. That's what we're going to do. If we need to take a day off and wait for something to establish some storylines, we'll do that as well. But, uh, you know, come July, late July, we are ready to rock. And it's, you know, it is the 2019 season and, you know, ripping the... Basically ripping the plastic off and let's open to something brand new. And hopefully it should be one of the best uh, since this franchise has returned. Uh, with that, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.